It's time for a buy low and a sell high show. For fantasy basketball, we're exploring trades. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am never going to financially recover from this. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram, at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. I'm not... Oh, am I going to do it? No. Um, oh, let, let's let's do a quick caveat. Last one. Last one. Buy low, sell high. Yes, I know. You might not be able to do this buy low trade. Yes, I know. You might not be able to pull off this sell high trade. I, I know. I understand this. It is more just about looking at players who are running at a high level, running at a low level. Will it stick? Will it not? What, what can we do with that? Can you pull it off? Probably not, Giggity. You just see what's able to happen. That's what we're looking at with these buy low, sell high trades. You don't have to buy them at value. You don't have to get a buy low player. You don't have to get rid of a sell high player. A lot of the time you can just ride it out. This is just exploring things that might be worth looking at. If your team is full of buy low players, that is not a negative. That means that what probably is likely is that your team is going to improve. If your team is full of sell high players, then maybe your team is going to drop off production. That's entirely possible too. So that's what we're looking at. That's how we're approaching this show. It is just more about unsustainable sort of trends. If you can turn that into increased value, and I'm not about to say, trade this guy for this guy. It's not how fantasy works. Um, It's not how, like, I can't hold hands for everybody in every sort of league sort of setting. That's where we're at. We got it. We're just going to look at nine different players today. So we might as well, um, we might as well get into that right now. And we are going to start by looking at some buy low options. The first buy low option we're going to look at, we're going to go to Washington. And it's not going to be the only time that we go to Washington today. We're going to go to Washington and we're going to talk about Tyus Jones, who is um, struggling at the moment. And while he's bordering on, is he a drop? Is he not? Like in a points league, I think you might want to consider that, right? Like that's, he's been poor. But in a category league, I'm not there with it just yet. And... Again, I'm not only talking to 12-team people or 10-team people. We might be 14s or 16s. And then there is value in what Jones is doing. He is only playing 27 minutes a night. Now, we know there is weirdness with this Wizards rotation. Every game, the minutes are all over the place, and you can't predict it. We knew this team would be pretty bad. We didn't expect this level of um, uh, je ne sais quoi. Uh, You know, cavalier attitude from we don't care at all from the players to the coaches. Honestly, they don't care. That's that's part of the problem, is the players don't care and Unsell doesn't know what he's doing. And that's a terrible combination. Over the last two weeks, that is the time frame we like to use. It's usually six to eight games that players play. It's a decent enough sample to see a trend develop and one that will revert later on, hopefully. Tyus is 234th in minus one rankings, according to Yahoo's ranks, which do display, as a general rule, nine category totals. 
He's 164th over that time. And in fantasy points, he's 182nd, averaging under 20 fantasy points per game. Again, I in a 10 or a 12 team fantasy points league, I'm not sure that you need to hold on to him. But anything deeper, yeah, there is going to be an improvement here, I would guess. So what's going to improve? What do we target here from Jones? Well, I do think he can play more minutes than he's currently playing. 26 and a half is a really low number. That hasn't changed much all season, which is a little a little concerning, but I do think there's room for that to improve. He's averaging over the last two weeks, which for Tyus over the last two weeks is seven games. He's averaging 7.6 points, 1-3, 2.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 0.9 steals, shooting 38 from the field, 33 from three, and 67 from the line. In the past, Jones has always been a really strong assist guy. That is not here this season. He's been a good steals player. That's lower. Um, He's never been super efficient, but that has also fallen away pretty significantly. Now, again, I don't think you should have any expectation of him doing what he did as a starter in Memphis. There was no way that was going to happen, and I talked at length about that in the the preseason. But I really don't think that what is happening here, especially with the shooting, is going to stay because he is hitting just 40% of his twos over the last seven games. His history would suggest that he is better than that. Last season, 50. The season before, 48.7. The season before, 48.7. There's a level of consistency in what Jones brings. And we go from 40, let's say to 48, eight percentage points, which you know, you've got the threes mixed in there. That 37.9 becomes 44. The 7.6 points becomes 10 points. Maybe you get a little bit more confidence, an extra one or two minutes. The four and a half assists becomes 5.2 assists. And you're back around 100, 120. That's all it takes. It really is just shots not going in. And affecting confidence, affecting minutes, affecting free throws numbers, everything is all over the shop. So I do think that that is going to have a pretty strong chance of being able to, uh, to flick back over. Let's go to New Orleans. Let's go to the biggest bird, Zion Williamson. Now, there'll be plenty of you who have an anti-Zion bias. I know this. I don't know why people are so anti-Zion. Josh, he's terrible for fantasy. He's fat. He's lazy. All right, okay. The quote from him yesterday was, yesterday or the day before, it was disturbing. Oh, yeah, I'm really trying to buy in. Like, bro looks like he just doesn't want to be there, which is a very different vibe from what he was giving through the preseason. Um, things are not going particularly well at all for uh, Zion and the Pelicans. But there are some things where we look at it, and sometimes this stuff happens early in the season. That's why we say take some L's early on, don't panic, wait for things to settle. Because, I don't know, I look at these numbers and go, yeah, no way. Like, this is not likely to stick. Zion is 120th in minus one rankings. He is 255th in Yahoo's rankings. He's averaging just 37 fantasy points over the last two weeks. That's 41. Um, I realize now that when I put up those numbers there, his actual stat line, that's his full season stat line, not his last two weeks, although it's not really that different. What we need to look at with Zion here, is he going to be a good free throw shooter? Probably not. That's fine. He was up at 71 last season. He's down to 64 over the last two weeks, 61 for the season. So he's averaging over the course of the year. Again, ignore those numbers. I'll tell you the actual last two weeks numbers. 21 and 7 with 5 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.2 blocks, shooting 48 from the field, 0 from 3, and 64 from the line on 8 attempts. Now, he is obviously a punt free throw player. That's why minus 1 is way more important than looking at overall rankings. But even in minus 1, he's not looking great. 
So what is it? What is the strength of what Zion usually brings? What is the strength of the value that Zion brought last season? What was he able to do that was different? Well, he averaged 26 points per game and shot 61% from the field. This team did not bring in extra scorers. His usage is still literally the same as it was last season. So why is he at 21 points instead of 26 points? It is really simple. The, sh- the twos just aren't falling. He was at 62% from two last season. He was at 62% from two the year before. He is at 52% from two. That is just... An unf- for, for a guy that was literally the best finisher in the NBA to be at a 52 number, which is like a point guard level number, is ridiculous. And I'm going to look at what actually is is happening on that. Now, he it's not that he's not... Let's just talk about this. It's not that he's not hitting or getting at the rim, finish at the rim. According to Clean the Glass, he was at 69% last season at the rim, 67 this season. That is a drop. That, that, that is a drop. It's his mid-range shots. He was at 39 last season, a reasonable number, not great, but he's at 29. He's at 15 of 52 on mid-ranges. That is a horrible number. The other thing, which is probably more worrying, is he's not getting to the rim. He's four seasons in terms of percentage of shots at the rim. Rookie year, 87, 87% of his shots at the rim. Second season, 81. Third season, or third season he played, 75. This season, 62. So his shot distribution has changed. That's a worry. Can that adjust? Because he's taking fewer shots at the rim and taking more shots in the more inefficient area. His mid-range shots, look, this is troubling. Rookie year, 10% shots from the mid-range. 17, 22, 37. He's settling. Is he unhealthy? Has he lost all pop? That is completely possible. But I just failed to believe that Zion sits at 52% overall. I failed to believe that Zion is in the 19th percentile for effective field goal percentage. 19th. That is going to come up. The other thing, he's not a big defensive stats guy. He obviously was at Duke with insane numbers. He hasn't been that in the NBA. We hope at some point it comes, but it never has. But he's had, what, one block for the season? And he's had five steals. Last season, he averaged 1.1 steals. The season before, 0.9. He's had five steals. He's averaging half a game. This doesn't take much to get back there. You add that to one steal, you get to half a block, you get to 60% from the field, you get to 25 from for scoring. We're not expecting him to average eight assists or 10 rebounds or start hitting threes or be an 80% free throw guy. It shouldn't take huge amounts. And again, if you are getting Zion in a trade, don't pay up for it. But there is significant upside still there, I think, to just to get back to baseline levels with the caveat that maybe maybe the pop is uh, reduced. We'll say it that way. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, me, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. So whether it is a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So we talk about fantasy players on this show all the time. Two of the biggest names at the moment. Amazingly, this is how fantasy goes. Let's, let's, let's do one. I'll, I'll cover another one later. Let's talk about Bilal Koulibaly. Wizards legend, top eight draft pick, seventh overall. I don't know why I said top eight. 
30 plus minutes the last two games. Big defensive stats guy. They're trusting him with more minutes, more opportunity. And that makes him a must roster player. We talked about this on Sunday. We talked about it a lot in the preseason. It's happening now. Don't wait on it. Bilal is the guy that we want to grab just to see where it goes. Just to see where it goes. We are going to try and win fantasy championships the same way that eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that is the same as your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, oh yeah, you're burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or dive, ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to US customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. Okay, let's let's get back in and let's do some more buy lows. We're going to go back. We're going to go back to Washington and we're going to talk about a bloke who is going to haunt me. He is going to impact my life in ways that I didn't think that this man could. He is going to impact my life the same way he leaves all of his baddies on red. Jordan Poole. Um yeah, it stinks. He's been shit. Like it's, it's it's bad. This bloke does not care. He has a bad attitude. But I will also say this, right? He seems to have a bad attitude. He seems to be frustrated with the coach. He seems to be frustrated with a lot of things. I sort of don't blame some of it. He got punched in the head last season by his teammate, shipped off the team after getting punched in the head. Yes, he may have contributed to it with words, but he got punched in the head, right? It, it shook him. He goes to this team, and I have heard some things about him trying to embrace the team and trying to be a leader, trying to defer a little bit, but still wanting to be the guy that sort of runs the team, but frustrating with the coaching decisions. And that's not great for his overall numbers because he's been bad. Now, he takes some brain-dead shots at times. He doesn't always try particularly well on defense, although I would say he's been not bad defensively. He's been, I would say he was worse defensively in Golden State than he's been in Washington. I would I would also suggest that despite how easy it is to laugh at Jordan Poole, and look at that man's mustache, it's sexy. Like you can't, I can't laugh at that. That's amazing. How good's a mustache? I would say that he has tried a few different things. Now, the things that we didn't expect, he's 133rd in minus one ranks over the last two weeks, 105th on Yahoo, 26 fantasy points, which is 112. That's all dreadful. He's averaging 15 points with two rebounds, four assists, 1.1 steals, and 0.4 blocks. He's never been a one-steals guy, so that has improved. But there are just certain things that just don't add up with Jordan Poole at the moment. He's shooting 43 from the field. Maybe that's real. That, that probably is real. 35 from three, absolutely reasonable. Although, watch the trend on that because he'd been shooting badly. And over the last two weeks, last seven games, the three-point shooting is actually fine. His twos, he's at 49%. He was at 52 last season. Yeah, that, that can stand to come up. So what's what's different here? Well, part of the reason that I was high on Jordan Poole is that I saw him play 30 minutes a night for the Warriors and be a 29 usage player off the bench on a team with Steph and Clay and Wiggins and thought, well, he's going to be the number one or 1A or 1B guy with Kuzma and he'll at least maintain that usage and probably bump it up. He didn't. It's just way down. 24.6 usage. That's the lowest usage of Jordan Poole's career, I believe. That is not something that I thought would happen. 
nor is it something that I think will stick. The other thing with Poole, where are the free throw attempts? This man averaged five free throw attempts last season in 30 minutes coming off the bench. He averaged 3.5 the year before that. He's at 1.7 over the last seven games, and he's not hitting them. This man shot 93 from the line two years ago, 87 last season. He's at 75 over the last seven games. For as much as you can hate on Jordan Poole, and you can hate me for thinking that Jordan Poole would have a really big breakout season, I hate myself for this and many other things all the time. Go ahead, pile it on. I just don't understand how we can look at this and say, 75% shooting, probably going to stick from the line, right? Is he going to stay at career low usage? Seems unlikely. Is he going to stay at under two free throw attempts? Also, seems ridiculously unlikely. 29 minutes a game? Seems unlikely. He has hit 30 in four of his last five games, though. So it is trending up. At some point, and I'm not saying it's going to be sustained all season, at some point, he is going to have a top 20 run that runs for two or three weeks. He's going to average 30 points. He's going to shoot 56% from the field. He's going to get seven assists. and He's going to not miss a free throw for two weeks. When it happens, I've got no idea. I'm fairly confident it will happen at some point. It is trending. It is trending really slowly, but it is trending. And with people asking me questions every day, do I drop Jordan Poole? Like you don't have to give much up to get him. Now, I haven't been given ranges of players to trade for these buy low players. I, I do apologize for that. Um, yeah, with Tyus, it's just your worst player. With Jordan Poole, like your 10th best player. Just try, and if you don't get him, you don't get him. With Zion, what range do you trade? 80s? 90s? That's sort of zone, I would say. And there's risk associated with all these guys. And that is why if you are doing a buy low, you do it so that you're at the lowest risk possible. You target a frustrated manager who's got other underperforming players or a bunch of injured guys, and you try and get them for a steal. And if you don't, you don't. Nice mustache. Nice, nice mustache, Jordy. The next guy, we are going back to New Orleans. I don't know why I did him in this order, but I did. Just break it up a bit. Let's go to New Orleans and let's talk to Brandon Ingram. Well, let's not talk to him. Let's just talk about him instead. That's the mean girl's way. Um, Ingram, over the last two weeks, is the 136th ranked player per game in minus one. He's 214th in Yahoo, and he averages 33.9 fantasy points, which is 67th, which honestly... It's not that, 67th, not that far off where you would have drafted him. Another little tip, which I mentioned last week, when you're doing buy low, sell high trades and you're in a category league, it's worth looking at where the player ranks in a Yahoo points system in that same time frame. Because Yahoo points leagues, they are, they are susceptible, but they're not as susceptible to wild fluctuations in either defensive stats or percentages, which can skew a category league rank, which can skew a category matchup and can skew your opinion of a player in a category league. So Ingram's at 67th over the last two weeks in points leagues, but 214th on Yahoo. Like which one of those is more realistic as to where he sits or how that value sits? Because again, the percentage issue, all that changes in a Yahoo points league is how much scoring there is. So that's, a, that's another little sneaky way. Now there are very easy, easy things to look at with Ingram here. Like it's easy. yes, like Zion, he's a frustrating injured player. Like that's he's an injured legend. We know this. He is averaging 34 minutes a night over the last five games, 22.6 points. That's down from 24.7. We expect that with more Zion. Totally fine. 4.6 rebounds, 4.8 assists. That's down from 5.8 assists last season. You would think that could probably rise given the fact that CJ is out. But with Zion again there, like maybe he's not a big assist player. He hasn't got a single steal in the last five games. Now, Brandon Ingram is not a good steals guy. 
But he had three steals in his first two games, and he has got zero since. Last season, he averaged 0.7. The year before, 0.6. The year before, 0.7. There's a pattern there. He's got zero. Zero over the last five games, and steals are a big, big influencer on fantasy value. Zero steals. He's at 0.4 blocks. That's about right. He's shooting 48 from the field. Exactly what he shot last season. But what is this free throw number? 68% from the line, and he's at under four attempts. That's actually good for the value if he's not taking them when he's not hitting them. Last season, 88 on six attempts. The season before, 83 on six attempts. The season before, 88 on five attempts. Now, he was a trash free throw shooter back in LA. Fixed it. So I am not 100% ruling out, and it's happened to players lots of times. Shout out to Russell Westbrook, Andrew Wiggins, Pau Gasol. There's going to be others who just all of a sudden become bad free throw shooters. I'm not ruling out that he's gone back to being a bad free throw shooter. CJ McCollum. But I'm not going to say that just yet. So I'm going to look at 68% from the line and say, well, there's 20 percentage points there that he can jump up. He can. He might not, but he can. And I feel pretty good that he's going to get a steal at some point. So for Ingram, like... Throw an 80s guy, a 90s guy to get value back in a trade. Understand there's injury risk. But these these things here, that's, it's all, that's what we're looking at. Oh, yeah, he's also shooting 22% from three. And there was another one of those things that really stepped up. He was 39 last season. He's not a 22% guy. He's actually worse for the season. He's at 21. Like that is going to change. The last buy low... This show might go for a long time. The last buy low is Jaron Jackson, but I probably shouldn't do that just now. In fact, I'm just going to do this because today's episode is brought to you by the Thanksgiving legends, Ibotta. Big holidays mean big family get-togethers, but you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return. With Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all your favorite sides for free. Free? How do you get it for free? Well, really simple because with Ibotta, in November, for the fourth year in a row, you get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything that you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and then upload the receipt. You get cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce, personal care, pantry goods. So you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. So it's really easy. Go get your stuff for Thanksgiving. Get it all sorted. Upload everything into Ibotta and get cash back. And it is cash. It comes into your bank account, to PayPal, or in gift cards, not in bonus points. Download the Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner in November. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Well... This is a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? Who's the last buy low? It is Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, again, pretty obvious what's going on here. We all expected that Jaron would see some more minutes and get more usage with Ja Morant suspended. And it's been that way. He was at 25 usage last season, 25 usage the year before. And this season, he's at 26, and he's actually running at 29 over the last two weeks. But what we also said is, that, hey, at the end of last season, when ja, when ja was out, Jaron's blocks disappeared. Well, they dropped off. And what I will always have always said to you guys, when you have a player who's at this absolute apex, league-leading number, especially in defensive numbers, expect them to drop. Expect them to go from unbelievable to maybe even very good, and that still impacts value. It's why it was laughable to me that you would take Jaron in the first round or even at the start of the second. End of the second, no problem, but probably more third round. 
and you know my stance on the way that blocks get valued, all that sort of stuff. We don't need to go into it. But I'm including him here because there's stuff here that's going to change. He's averaging almost 35 fantasy points. That's 58th. That's not far off where he's going to be. He's 91st in minus one rankings, 87th in Yahoo rankings. He's going to be better than that, I'm sure. He's averaging 22 points with six rebounds. Again, pretty bang on, yeah? Not that bad. Two assists. That's better than he's done. But the defensive stats is where it comes in. And one thing I will also mention is, again, there were people who were like, Stephen Adams is out, so Jackson's going to play center, and his rebounds will go up. Well, they've actually gone down. And that is not, that's not surprising. That's just what happens with Jaron Jackson. That is a very verifiable thing that you can look at that he needs Stephen Adams to help him do a number of things like get blocks and rebounds. And that's not changing. Stephen Adams is not coming back. But he's shooting 27% from three over the last uh, six games. Probably not going to stay at that level. He's not going to be an elite three-point shooter. But he's not going to be a 27% uh, guy. That's going to change. He's at 47 from the field. That probably hovers. But it's the defensive stats. Blake averaged three blocks last season and 2.3 the year before that. He's at 1.2 over his last six games and under two for the season. In fact, over his last three games, he has just two blocks. The man that wins blocks for you by himself. Just remember, there is no such thing as any player who wins you a specific category by himself. Shout out to Jaron Jackson and Walker Kessler. Doesn't happen. Now, he is going to be better than this. He is going to block more shots than he has. His last six games, one block, three block, one block, one block, zero blocks, one block. He's going to be better. The other thing that was really beneficial from Jaron last season is he got steals. As well. he's, gotten, he's gotten steals all the way through. Last three seasons, 1.1, 0.9, This year, 0.4. And he's had three steals in his last six games. So that is just the easiest thing in the world. He's not a first-round guy. He's probably not a second-round guy. He's probably more of a mid-third-round player with the understanding that usage will fall back when Jar returns, but that might actually allow more defensive stats to come. If you can get Jaron for any sort of top 50 player, I would do it. I think there is going to be some significant bounce back in many, many areas. And now let's look at sell highs which are often a little bit harder to pull off because with buy lows, you can target managers and managers get frustrated. And they're like, this guy's killing me. I, don't, I can't do it. I'm going to drop him. And you can just sweep in and do that. Sell highs, it's really hard to say, hey guys, my, the player I've got is dominating. Do you want him? Like, why, would, why do you want to get rid of him? That's harder to pull off. It is really hard to do. So let's talk about how we might be able to look at or which guys we look at and understand that they are probably going to drop off in our league, which is maybe even even more important than finding actual trades to, to, to do. And I'm going to go to Golden State. We're going to talk to Draymond Green because there are some things here that just aren't going to be real. He is 47th in minus one over the last two weeks. He's 33rd in Yahoo rankings. He's averaging 31 fantasy points, which is 84th. You could get this guy around 90 or 100. He had an ankle injury in the preseason. We thought it might cost him a little bit of time, and it did. And now he's come back as like a different player. 11.5 points in only 26 minutes. Five and a half rebounds, six and a half assists, one steal. 50, 50, 50, and 94 is shooting. So there's your obvious red flag. We were a little bit worried that Chris Paul arriving would impact his assists. Not really. Last season, he averaged 6.8 assists in 32 minutes. This season, 6.4 in 25 minutes. It's the same number. It's actually higher this season. So what is going to change? Well, there are a couple of things that might actually change for the positive. He actually might get more blocks. He's at 0.7. He was at 0.8 last season. That, that might go up. He's going to play more minutes, but 
the obvious thing here is free throws. This guy's been a bad free throw shooter. 71 last season, 66 the year before, and now he's at 94 over the last uh, six games. I believe he's missed one free throw. Just going to double check that. He's missed one free throw um, in the last six games. And he's only missed two free throws for the season. That's probably not going to stick. Draymond Green, also bad shooter. 30% from three last season. 29.6 the year before. 27 the year before. This season, 50. Well, 45 for the year, but 50 over the last six games. Like, not going to stick. The thing that might stick is his usage is up. He's been at 13% the last couple of years. He's at 16. I guess that's partly because Andrew Wiggins sucks. So Draymond Green is taking on more usage. So that might stay. But this true shooting that he's at at 67%, where he's at 59 and 58 the last two years, that's just got no way of holding. So Draymond is rolling. We're looking at him as a top 50 player. I think you can look at him as a top 75 guy rest of season. But if anyone wants to give you top 50 value back in a trade, well, I think you pretty obviously do it. Let's go to Sacramento and let's look at Fander Pants. And this is an ideal way to be able to pull off a sell high because there was Kevin Herter putting up big numbers with De'Aaron Fox out. And you go, okay, that's pro- you can't probably sell high on that. But then De'Aaron Fox came back and Herter still played well. And that's where you target it. You go, well, it's actually not Fox being out. Herter's just, he's just him, right? He's just good. He's just putting up the numbers. That's where you target it. He's 81st over the last two weeks in minus one. 51 on Yahoo's rankings. Always utilize Yahoo rankings, which are weird to be able to utilize trades. Um, 28.5 fantasy points, which is 95th. He's averaging 15.5 points with five rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.3 steals, shooting 47, um, 41 from three, and 88 from the line. That's all fine. So what is probably going to dip? Well, 22 usage is what he's at over the last six games, and 28 minutes is what he's at, including 34 minutes a game over the last three games. Last season, he was at under 20 usage. The season before, in Atlanta, at 17.5 usage. It's hard to believe he sticks at 22 usage. He's also shooting the free throws really well. Now, I'm not saying he's not a good shooter, but 73 from the line last season, 81 the year before that, 78 the year before that. Currently rolling at 88 over the last six games. And rebounds. All this stuff is clockwork for him. Rebounds, 3.3, 3.4, 3.3. This season, last six games, 5.3. Does that seem like a noticeable difference? Like, it's not big, but over a four-game week, an extra eight rebounds, it's like streaming in a big man off the waiver wire. It is important. And when he loses those numbers, then the value for him drops. I still believe firmly that Herder is not a must-roster player. He is a streaming guy, and that's really about it. Like, that's really about it. Like, he is a guy that we stream in when things are going well, but there are others who definitely disagree with that. And that's where you just try and get any, if you get any sort of top 100 number back for Fander Pants, I would be doing it. Whether you can pull that off or not, I don't know, but that's what I'd be looking at. And Mike, uh, Mike Brown doesn't have the highest level of patience with him. We covered this guy on the Under the Lens segment yesterday, but it is worth repeating that Bam Adebayo is flying. He is the fifth-ranked player in minus one ranks over the last two weeks. He's fifth-ranked in Yahoo. He's fifth-ranked in points leagues, averaging 52 fantasy points. He's averaging 24 points with 13 rebounds, four and a half assists, 1.7 steals, and 1.5 blocks. He's one of one from three. He's shooting 55 from the field and 88 from the line. 
So why is why can't Bam do that? Why hasn't Bam just elevated? Well, there are a num- number of things. The minutes are up. That can stick. The usage has gone from 25 up to 27. That might be able to stick. This team is worse than last season. Remember that. But has Bam become a legendary shot blocker? I'm not sure. What did they change to make this happen? Last three seasons for Bam's blocks, 1.8.8. That's not 1.8. That is 1.0, 0.8, and 0.8. The last six games, 1.5. Bam's steal numbers the last three years, 1.2, 1.4, 1.2. The last six games, 1.7. Bam's rebounds the last three years, 9, 10, 9.2. Bam's rebounds the last six games, 13. Bam's free throws. Keep doing it. 80, 75, 80. This season, 88 over the last six games. All of those things added together will say that Bam is not a top 10 player. He's not a top five player. He's not a top 15 player. Top 25, sure, yes. Maybe the blocks do stick. Maybe they do. A lot of evidence suggests they won't, but maybe they do. The free throws, not sure they stick at 88. In fact, I'm fairly confident they won't. So all of this just is, it is going to be very hard to pull this off for Bam. You are never getting a first round guy. It won't happen, I don't think. But if I could get a top 17, 18 player, I, th- I would do that. That's not getting huge, huge value, but it is getting something. It is just bumping 10 spots, which at the top of a draft or top of a ranking board, it does become more important. Let's, lastly, I'm only doing four sell highs today. I don't want to just squeeze someone in that I don't really fully believe in. Let's go to Rowan Barrett because, yeah, <laughs> he's playing well. Barrett is 60th in minus one over the last week, last two weeks, 131st on Yahoo, averaging 32 fantasy points, and that's 78th. He's always been a pretty strong around top 100 fantasy points player. But for category leagues, he's been putrid. He's had many seasons not as a top 200 guy. And all of this that he's doing in the last two weeks, it is just four games. He's doing it under 30 minutes a night. Let's look at what he's doing. 22.5 points, 3.8 rebounds, 3 assists, 0.5 steals, 0.3 blocks. And honestly, that's the same thing that he does every year, basically. In fact, his rebounds are actually a little bit lower. But he's always a low rebound, low assist, low steals, low blocks guy. And what is he currently? Low rebound, low assist, low steals, low blocks. It is all the same. All of that is the same. Nothing has changed. He was at 27 usage last season, 27 usage of the year before. This season, he's at 27.6 for the year, 27.7 over the last two weeks. All the same. He is also playing few minutes. So why is he now, instead of being ranked 200th, why is he 60th? Well, it's very, very easy. He is just not missing anything. Over the last four games, he's at 58% from three. He's shooting 50% from three from the season. Last season, he was at 31 the year before, 34. So even if we accept that RJ Barrett's a better shooter this season, and I, that's okay, we can accept that. This is not real at all. It's no chance it's real. He's hitting 3.8 triples, uh, sorry, 3.5 triples per game over the last four. He was at 1.7. That's a lot, man. That is almost two threes per game, which is six points per game. It's, there is just absolutely no way that this holds. There is none. His two-point percentage is actually like about okay. Like That's not what the thing is. It is three-pointers. And this is a man who the last three seasons from the line has gone 75, 71, 74. Last four games, 88. So it is possible that he has improved his shooting. 
This has happened for guys in the past. Shea Gildas-Alexander, 10 percentage point jump in free throws last season. Brandon Ingram, I think, had a 15 percentage point jump at one point, and it's dropped back down this year, of course. So maybe he is a good free throw shooter now. I'd like to see a little bit more of it, but even if he is better, there is zero chance, zero, that he is a three-point shooter like this. Absolutely none. If I could get any top 90 player back in a trade for RJ Barrett, I would do it. I just have, look, his rebounds, assists, steals, blocks are exactly the same. His minutes are down. He's not doing anything else apart from shots going in at a ludicrous rate. And it is going to fall away. I'm really, really confident of that. And that is the buy low, sell high show. If a player that you believe is a buy low is not on this show, that does not mean they are not a buy low. If there is a player that you believe is a sell high, maybe it's Scott Barnes. Maybe it is... Let's have a look. Who else could it be? Anyway, that doesn't mean they're not a sell high. These are just the guys that I wanted to focus on, that I have found some real easy things to target, to talk about ways guys that can rise and guys can drop. That's what we're about. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up. And leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.